Hello, and welcome to the Houston Innovators Podcast. I'm Natalie Harms, editor of Innovation Map, and today my guest is Jim Havelka, CEO of Inform AI, a Houston startup that's creating technologies to optimize data in healthcare. Jim and I will discuss how important the Houston innovation ecosystem has been to his company's success and what he's focusing on in 2021. Jim, thanks so much for joining me today. Hi, Natalie. How are you doing? Uh, Glad to have an opportunity to speak with you about Inform AI today. Awesome. Yeah, I'm excited to speak with you too. So, you know, let's start from the beginning. Tell me about your career leading up to founding Inform AI and, and really the need you saw in the market to form this type of technology. Sure. Uh, I've spent a good part of my career in the healthcare field. Uh, I spent many years in management consulting. Uh, I was a partner at KPMG for roughly 12 years, uh, where I focused on large scale systems integration, putting in large business systems and analytic systems, uh, including uh, commercial healthcare and government healthcare. Uh, more recently, uh, before starting Inform AI, I was the chief strategy officer for a company called Emphasis, which was a large systems integration company where we did some very large analytics and healthcare projects, uh, both on the government side as well as commercial. And as I was working on those projects, it became clear to me that three converging factors were really coming together to focus on building analytic systems, especially around the clinical aspect of medicine. And uh, those trends around the power of data sets becoming available, the power of computing power, and also cutting edge deep learning and machine learning algorithms. Uh, I saw an opportunity to start a company solely focused on that. And uh, I started uh, Inform AI in 2017 to pursue that market opportunity which we believe for our company is about a $16 billion addressable market. Definitely seems like an industry ripe for innovation, of course, and um, especially data technology. So why don't you tell me a little bit about the specific technology you're working on and you know, why is it so important and especially why now? Yes, and going through the, the COVID, COVID pandemic uh, cycle that we're still in today, we opened up an opportunity to rethink how healthcare is being delivered. There's so much emphasis of social distancing and now telemedicine, telehealth, tools that we're building that assist clinicians in their decision support can uh, be utilized not only in the health telehealth uh, environment, but also in the clinic setting. And so the timing has worked out well, even within the, the pandemic situation we're in with the types of tools we're looking at. But as I described before, the convergence of technology data and deep learning has really opened up an avenue to look at large volumes of information and and look for patterns that can be helpful in uh, patient uh, diagnosis and uh, treatment planning. You know, one aspect that's overlooked, and I saw this in my my previous positions that I had, is roughly 50 petabytes of information are generated by hospitals every year, uh, which is a tremendous amount of data that now with these new tools, we have analytics capabilities to mine that data and look for patterns that can help uh, in the treatment planning of patients. Yeah, what are some examples? Because I know you have um, several different products that you're working on. So, you know, w- when you boil it down, what are these sections that are really important to focus on and uh, where the data can really make a difference? Yeah, our go-to-market strategy is around two platform products that we have built within Form AI. Our first platform product looks at medical images be it MRI or CT scan or X-ray, and looks for subtle patterns that denote the presence or potential presence of a medical condition. Our algorithm is then able to flag those patterns 
and make them available, point them out to radiologists and clinicians. Our second platform product that we build products around, we call patient risk predictors. And this is more of electronic medical record, electronic health records types of uh, data where we can data mine across patients' information and look for specific risk areas that a patient may have when they have a certain surgical procedure or a treatment that a clinician uh, is putting in place for that patient. And so every one of our products is built off of the two platform products that we built or a combination of those two. And as a company, we focus on primarily medical conditions that involve uh, the brain, uh, the head, as well as what we would call abdomen and uh, thoracic organs, such as uh, kidney, liver, heart, lung, and so forth. It's uh, When we talk about healthcare technology, the impact, potential impact is, you know, huge and obviously, you know, life or death situations. So how would you describe, which I'm sure you have to do all the time when you're talking about Inform AI, how do you describe the impact the technology has on, you know, the, the healthcare industry as a whole, but also on these individual patients? Yes, that's a very good question. And, you know, the products we build are all are being developed to assist the clinicians in putting forward the best treatment plan for a patient depending on their medical condition or surgical procedure that they're undergoing. And so we're able to, to mine across large amounts of medical scans and uh, patient data to look for patterns and trends that we can then apply on the individual level on a patient by patient basis. And so, for example, we have a product that when a patient presents themselves with the need for a cardiac surgery, we can run through our analytics tool, the probability of different adverse uh, outcomes of that surgical procedure, such as uh, a mortality or a comorbidity or readmission rates into the hospital after the procedure, which is another factor that a clinician can uh, factor into the treatment plan that they're wanting to put in place. And the data sets we're working with are so large that it's not possible for a clinician to absorb that amount of data. So for example, we have a product going through FDA approval as we speak that involves sinusitis, which roughly 25% of the population has sinus-related disease or conditions. The data that we train our algorithms on are equivalent to 30 careers of a typical ear, nose, and throat surgeon. We see 30 times more patients in our training set that than a, an ENT physician would see in the lifetime. And so being able to bring into play the, the patterns and unique subtleties that that data and that scale of data can bring to the decision-making only makes the ENT more productive and more efficient and, and uh, creates better outcomes for patients. It's, in, it's remarkable to hear that this type of data really has the potential to enhance treatment for a quarter of the population. Just that in itself is remarkable, I feel. Yes, uh, very much. Uh, you know, our sinus product, and we may do a deeper dive in that product, but that product alone, there's 11 million office visits a, a year in North mm-hmm. America involving sinus-related conditions would ultimately lead to as many as 700,000 sinus procedures. So this is a very large volume of procedures where even if we can improve the treatment planning incrementally is a huge impact uh, in the spin that occurs in that space. As someone who has regular sinus infections, so I'm probably either already a part of that quarter of the population or will be soon, um, I appreciate the work you're doing. (laughs) 
Um, so another product I want to talk to you about is your organ transplant predictor, because this is something that um, just recently won a National Science Foundation award. Um, and so there is funding involved that you now um, are using to build out this product. So tell me about the product and tell me about what that NSF award meant. Yes, it's a tremendous partnership with us. Uh, I didn't mention at the beginning, but we are venture capital backed as a company. Mm -hmm. But uh, the work we're doing jointly with the National Science Foundation brings grant funding to accelerate, accelerate uh, the building of our organ transplant product. And what that product does is there's 100,000 organ transplants that take place every year that involve heart transplant, lung, kidney, liver, that we're focused on solid organ transplant. And our product... Uh, uh, that we're developing will improve the match of when an available donor organ becomes available, which patient recipient would fare the best with that donor organ. As we all know, the wait list for organs is quite long, and some people wait as, many, as much as two years to receive a donor organ. So when you make that match, you want to make sure that that donor organ that's available is a good fit for that patient, and the outcome of that patient uh, will be successful. And so in our data set, we have access to every organ transplant done since 1987 in North America that we've used to build an algorithm to improve that match of uh, when an organ becomes available. Because one of the issues is not only there's a shortage of available organs, but uh, many times an organ is, is, is utilized and put into a recipient and the match is just not a good match. And mm -hmm. You have a negative outcome for the recipient of that organ as well as that organ could have been better used somewhere else. Yeah, it's almost like it sounds like you're trying to have a logistics solution for this kind of matching process, right? Yeah, today there's you know various tools that are being used to, to make that match. We our desire is to bring a lot more scientific rigor in looking at the history of how patients have fared with different types of organs and quality of organs based on their unique situation and the health of that unique recipient, uh, a patient that will receive that uh, donor organ. And so we're quite excited to be a partner with National Science Foundation in building this product. It's a very competitive process to to, to get an opportunity to get funded by the National Science Foundation. And so our uh, early results and what we're building look quite promising, and uh, we look forward to commercializing that product. Support for this podcast comes from Pearland's Lower Kirby District, located at 288 and Beltway 8, a 1,200-acre mixed-use district offering a premier business location with access to Pearland's diverse educated workforce. Learn more about the smart pro-business address at lowerkirby.com. Support also comes from Texas Citizens Bank. Through good and tough times, you need a bank that will stand by you. Texas Citizens Bank gives Houston small and medium-sized businesses the resources they need to thrive. As one customer says, a huge thank you to our friends at Texas Citizens Bank. Great customer service and down-to-earth good people. Call 713-948-5700 to learn more today. I know when we're merging um, health care and technology, the process is sometimes painfully slow. So I, I want to ask you about, um, you know, how have you experienced, because obviously, you know, data is um, this technology side of things, but you're also working with hospitals and healthcare institutions. So, um, you know, where are you at with some of these products and, and where's the timeline go from here? Yes, I mean, first, we're, we're quite fortunate to be located here in Houston. 
Uh, we're located in the, the J-Labs Houston facility, uh, the innovation center there where J&J has been a tremendous partner uh, for us to be hosted in their facility. We also have part of our team in the uh, Texas Medical Center Innovation Center, TMCXI. And so that re those relationships have been very helpful in getting data uh, to build these particular products. Mm -hmm. uh, just the Texas Medical Center alone uh, has roughly 10 million patient encounters every year. So the ability to get access to data and equally important medical experts around the products we're building have been a tremendous uh, benefit to Inform AI and our team as we've worked on these products. And so as we build these products, not only getting access to data is important, but the ability to get good quality data that's labeled or there's ground truth in the data, be it radiologist validated or pathology validated is quite important. And so as we build out our products, then most of the products we're building are gonna have to go through an FDA type of approval. And so our sinus product is our first product. We're right in the middle of getting uh, FDA 510K approval for two sinus products. One's a sinus triage product and another product that's focused on direct disease detection. But every one of our products will go through the FDA process when they're clinical diagnostic assist tools. We are also looking at some operational, working on operational AI tools, which uh, will not require FDA approval. But being a startup company, understanding the FDA process and teaming up with very strong advisors is something we've learned along the way and is quite critical in getting products out to the market in a timely manner. So um, I want to ask you, I know you mentioned uh, with the pandemic, you touched on what it has meant for Inform AI, but you mentioned the FDA. And I know a lot of um, solutions have been pushed through the FDA, FDA a little faster this year, of course, because of the pandemic. So how, how do you see, um, how did Inform AI fare through this past year and will continue to fare as we kind of continue to go through this? Yeah, I think there's two aspects, Natalie, uh, that we've kind of experienced. One, we we were quite fortunate as a startup to close our venture around uh, two months uh, before the pandemic started. And so from a standpoint of funding and runway, we were in a very good position to address the impacts that we've all seen uh, with uh, the pandemic. The other aspect, as I mentioned earlier, is that anytime you're introducing new tools, such as artificial intelligence, diagnostic tools, it creates a change in, in the way healthcare is delivered or can change or transform how healthcare is delivered. And in the, the, the pandemic has opened the eyes of a lot of healthcare organizations that things have to be done slightly different. As I talked earlier with telehealth, uh, more clinic-based reviews of patients, uh, our tools are ideally positioned in supporting a lot of that transformation effort. Uh, from an FDA perspective, uh, we have not really seen uh, a tremendous impact. Our products are not competing head-to-head -head with COVID direct products. And so where we've had interactions and meetings with the FDA, uh, we've been able to uh, uh, hold schedule for the most part on what we were looking at. The biggest impact of the pandemic has been the inability to get in face-to-face -face meetings with medical experts and the hospitals uh, to, to make sure we can get the data, label the data, and interact with the medical practitioners as we're building the, uh, the different products. You know, of course, we all have Zoom. We're on Zoom right now. Um, 
but it's not the same. It's not the same than when you can sit face to face with uh, the medical experts and and walk through, show them the product, obtain their feedback. I know. Um, you know, there's pros and cons, of course, to to any type of situation, and and I know the the pandemic's effect has kind of helped advance a lot of healthcare technologies, but you're right, there's there's definitely a negative effect to not being able to be face-to-face with people, um, especially when you're introducing a type of technology that, you know, has doesn't really exist before. So it's starting from square one, right? Yes, I mean, a lot of uh, artificial intelligence product, projects and applications, there's an element of a trust factor. Anytime you're introducing new technologies, uh, building trust and using the product is quite important. And so we've learned that as we've gone, especially through the pandemic and being more remote, that our applications have to be able to explain how they make their decisions. And so every product we build, we're able to show the clinician not only what the analytics tool is recommending or showing as the highest probability for supporting a treatment plan, but how did it get to that decision? Where in the scan is the disease state? which specific data elements led to the algorithm making this recommendation. And so the pandemic has really driven that home for us, especially working or being remote, that our tools themselves have to be self-explanatory to operate in the the workflows we want to put these applications in. So you mentioned your venture capital round closing ahead of the pandemic. Where are you at now? Um, I know the startup life is you're always, you finish one round, you're looking to the next one already. So how um, are you approaching venture capital um, and you know what's your next move in that space? Yeah, at this point, we're, we're just kicking off looking at our next round of funding. Uh, we're trying to time it with uh, getting through FDA approval with our uh, two sinus products, uh, which would uh, allow us to raise a series A. Uh, but as you mentioned, we're always looking to raise money. So we're always staying in dialogue with uh, our current investors and investors we would like to have uh, in the company. And so uh, as we progress this year, we are looking to raise another round, uh, especially uh, as we get our sinus uh, product into the market. Uh, and so we're looking to raise on the order of 2 to $5 million this year uh, to accelerate the development and push of our various products into the market. So I know you, we've talked a little bit about venture capital. We've talked about um, these FDA approvals. How are how would you categorize what your primary focus is for 2021, and you know short term, long term goals um, for growth this year? Yeah, we have three key goals for 2021. Uh, we're very focused as a team, and it's always difficult in this space because we get a lot of opportunities to work on a lot of different AI products. And as a startup, you can only do so much with uh, limited resources. And so for 2021, our focus is, as I described, our number one goal is to get our sinus products fully into the market. Uh, We have partners in place already uh, to integrate that product seamlessly into their workflows and let the clinic uh, environment and uh, looking at the hospital market. Our second objective is We'll move to a phase two effort with the National Science Foundation on our organ transplant model to move to commercialize that product. There's 200 uh, plus transplant centers around the country. And so our goal is to to have our product used in as many of those transplant centers as possible. And then the third uh, goal that we have is uh, we have a product just starting in development that involves wound treatment. And so we uh, are pulling together our development team to uh, make substantial progress on a wound treatment uh, 
application that will determine how well a wound is healing, what the days to resolution are, and what's the appropriate uh, treatment approach for that wound at that point in time. And so those are the three goals we have for uh, 2021. That's what we're raising funds against. And that's our goal as a company to, to start to get our products moving into the market. Yeah, you say it like such a short list, but each item is, is a lot of work. So I know. There's a lot of long hours uh, and we have a great team. Uh, yeah. We've pulled together a great team of not only data science experts, but uh, also medical experts that are working alongside us uh, as we build the product. And uh, that combination of deep medical expertise with analytics expertise uh, and being here located in the Texas Medical Center has been one of our success factors in uh, what we've built thus far. Absolutely. And, and of course, you're not alone in terms of, you know, entrepreneurs in this space. So do you have any advice for early stage healthcare technology companies um, either moving to Houston or being founded here in Houston? You know, what advice do you have for them to really make the most of this um, Houston innovation ecosystem and all of the resources there are really? Yeah, it's a tremendous uh set of resources around the Texas Medical Center. And, and what we have found is that uh, each one of the institutions is open to collaborating on opportunities. Uh, both parties are willing to work hard to, to, to build these products. And also the incubator programs here in Houston are tremendous and very well networked into that where you can reach back into the, the various medical device companies and uh, health institutions in the Texas Medical Center. One of the lessons, if I was sitting here two and a half, three years ago, uh, that we kind of learned the hard way is get smart or find someone who's smart on the FDA regulatory process, because the more you can do to build that in on the front end of your product uh, saves you time downstream. You don't have to redo things. You don't have to re-massage how you build these types of applications to fit uh, what the FDA is ultimately looking for from both intended use as well as uh, functionality and, and how the data was used in, in this case, uh, AI algorithms. And so that was a, a lesson that I think myself and others learned that we've now corrected and uh, we have a very good regulatory team on board with this. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I'm sure that's something, you know, obviously it's not something every startup has to go through. So um, being wise to those practices is is not maybe something that every accelerator program tells you about. So finding the, the resources to help you through that process is great advice. Yes. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time, Jim. This was a great week. Talk, we covered a lot of bases uh, in this episode. So thanks so much. Um, and I'm excited to really see where Inform AI goes. It's um, exciting that you're really dialed into Houston and great things are coming. Thank you, Natalie. And uh, I'm excited about what we're building here. It's uh, impacting a lot of patients' lives and success of their outcomes. And uh, we're very fortunate again to be here at the Texas Medical Center. Uh, working alongside world-renowned medical experts on these products has been both exciting and uh, has allowed us to build some really cutting-edge solutions that uh, we uh, are excited to get into the market as we move through 2021 and then also into 2022. Absolutely. Such an exciting um, type of technology making a lot of difference. So thank you. Great work. Thank you, Natalie. Uh, have a good day and uh, uh, enjoy the, having the opportunity to share our story with you. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Houston Innovators Podcast. Don't forget to hit subscribe so you don't miss next week's edition and check out innovationmap.com for the latest Houston startup and innovation news. Mm-hmm.